Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old Mac of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Knees Up, Elsa Brown. To be more like Elsa, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. Do we still do forward slashes, by the way, or is it just slash? <laughs> when, is it, when have you ever done a backward like, slash? Because Well, you wouldn't know, but when you used to... When I was young, before you had, like, Windows, you had fucking DOS, and you had to, like, to play your computer games, you had to go into, like, C, whatever it was, the C drive, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, yeah, so, was that good? Good. <laughs> his back is strong, his beard is thick, wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show, Joe Marler, here we go. Welcome to our first ever Joe and Dan Rugby Show. It's not the greatest of names, I'm sorry, but it's a pilot, so if it goes well, we'll come up with a better name, or we might even get you to come up with a name, because we're shit at stuff like this, and then we can make it a semi-regular thing. Um, So if you want more, go to Apple Podcasts app, leave us a five-star review, and write something like, oh my god, I need more rugby from Joe and Dan's rugby show, rugga, rugga, rugga. Dan, how are you? I am fantastic, thank you, Joe. All the better for seeing you again. It's been less than a week, um, twice in, you know, seven days. It's great. How are you? How's that lovely smile? Oh, you smug, bald bastard. Yeah, it's gotten somewhat cheaper, if I'm honest. I had a fake gold tooth. Not fake gold. Oh, God. (laughs) Maybe I should have been better off with a fake gold tooth so was what was, was fake fake gold or fake tooth because surely you don't have a real gold tooth do you it was a gold tooth on a plate made of gold because i wanted to look like a hard nut 90s gangster rather than just some guy that didn't look after his teeth very well growing up um, unfortunately i lost it after a week because it was on my lap uh in the car i was chewing on some jelly babies so i took my plate out put it on my lap and then when i got out to get a coffee 
in Twickenham High Street, it just fell on the floor. I think it must be there. Um, I can't find it anywhere, Dan, and I am absolutely heartbroken. Um, so thank you very much for bringing that up. You absolute. Ha- Have you lost any teeth? No, these are all natural. Uh, I've chipped a load. Like I always wear a gum shield, literally all the time, even in like non-contact stuff. One time I took it out. This is like 15 years ago. Uh, we did a non-contact session. And I clashed heads with Julian White, and I was like, I chipped like five or six teeth, and I was just like. You know, when you like chew it, it's like sand in your mouth. It's horrible. <laughs> I do know of a player that should go and mention, though, that was on a night out, drunk, ate a burger, thought he'd swallowed his gold tooth, and then spent the next three days searching through his own um, feces. Anus. <laughs> yeah, checking uh, to find this tooth, and he never did. Then he worked out that he didn't actually swallow his tooth. He just must have spat it out. So it could have been worse, Joe. It could have been worse. Have you ever bitten anyone on a field or been bitten? Someone's finger once went into my mouth whilst carrying a ball and it ended up getting bitten, but I didn't bite them. Because I've got sharp, jaggedy teeth, that's why the finger ended up getting cut. <laughs> I'm more intrigued as to why someone's carrying with the ball and they're just sticking their finger directly into your mouth. I was carrying, which was, I think they were that shocked, they stuck their finger in my mouth. They tried to like but yeah right you're our rugby expert on this rugby show we've got three rounds left of the Gallagher Premiership Dan you lot are still uh, still on top you're doing pretty well aren't you yeah we're going um, alright obviously we're now in the business end of the season I mean you guys are right in the mix of two excited for the tail end of the season obviously you were you champions current champions you patronising fuck unbelievable you are absolutely unbelievable and that is exactly the mindset that you motherfuckers had when you sent your second team pack down to our gaff because you were like oh this lot won it last year but they're fucking shit they're soft fuckers so we can still steamrolling with our second team pack and then we'll roll on the big wigs in the second half i wanted to go up against um the sheriff I wanted to go up against Julian Montoya, and I wanted to go up against Ellis, or I'm Ellis Genge, or so known as Bab. All right, and that is disrespectful to the guys that you started. Of course it is, but that's mainly because I wanted to go up against my old pal. Well, first of all, Joe, um, I have a clause in my contract that if it's over fifteen degrees Celsius and sunny, uh, I sit on the bench until it cools down in temperature. Um, so I've got that, and secondly. This reminds me, do you remember we were trading one time, I think it was England trading, and do you remember we had to scrum, and my qualifier were on my right, We were it was like crouch bind, and then as we came together, your ear and my ear interlocked. <laughs> <laughs> and there was that moment of fear for both of us, where it's like two seconds before we said, like, it was like, oh my God, I think my ear might come off here. And it was like set, and it was like, fuck. And it's like the weekend, it just reminded me of that time when I was literally like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my ear, I'm going to lose my ear, I'm going to lose my ear. No, we're right, safe. But it turned out you felt exactly the same thing. I do remember that actually, and it still sends shivers down me because they interlock so hard, like a dovetail, a tongue and groove. Like, what's the thing where you do, uh, you know, flooring something like? I think it's a, and it was like perfectly fitting. Both also really, really stinky, and just about to like snap in two. Literally, we had both scrums either side of us all the weight going through our ears i'd also like to apologize you said stinky it's reminded me i've been out for a couple of weeks i had to do some corporate work and stuff um with a load of kids and 
community stuff and they're asking me who's like the best Lucy I've played against and I said Joe Marler and they're like why is he so good I'm like because he stinks so he's tough to scrimmage against so if any kids in the East Midlands area abuse you I'm sorry I just put that out there so let me get this straight you were doing some sort of community service with children for a crime you committed or for what for the club you know we do our bits in the community don't we and you dirtied my name in the East Midlands did you yeah so I'm just apologising now for it. All right, okay. Here we go. Jasper, come here. I've got stuff to tell you about Coley and some pictures. And I want you to send them to all your friends. And we're going to dirty his name in the southeast of England. Is Jasper there? Yes, hang on, hang on. Jasper! Joe, an apology to you. And come here, quick. Jasper, obviously after the game, I saw you. Did a sort of... Went and found my parents and they were watching. So basically I came out to the tunnel... And um, Jasper answered out to me. And he's like, oh, Coley. And in my mind, I knew his name, but because we've got Jasper Visa at the club, in my mind, I'm like, Jasper. And I'm like, that's not your name. Yeah, Jasper. And it took me about five seconds to put out. But each time he's like, fuck off. And basically ran in. So I was like, fair play. So I owe him an apology for just um, freezing in the moment. Coley wants to speak to you. Say hi, Coley. Hi, Coley. Jasper, my man. How are you? Good. Are you right? Yeah. Did you enjoy the game at the weekend? Yeah. I'd just like to say sorry. You caught me by surprise at the weekend straight after the game. And uh, yeah, no, I was, um, when I saw you, I was starstruck basically, Jasper, that it was you. And um, yeah, so sorry I didn't have much conversation for you. Hey. Well, I'm glad. Uh, we're, we're good, aren't we, though? <laughs> see you, mate. He's been in love with the cola bear for so many years, the amount of times he supported Tigers over us just because of you. I wouldn't go as far as saying you've been his hero because um, that's Ronaldo and you're very, very different to him. But he has looked up to you in a rugby sense and he was so excited to see you at the weekend. I remember he run up to me and going, oh, I'm going to go find Cole. I'm going to go find Cole. I was like, yeah, don't worry. You won't be able to fucking miss him, will you? It's this beacon of fucking moonhead just walking around the pitch, you know, in a strop going, blah, blah, roll away, roll away, roll away still, even though the game's finished 10 minutes ago. And you've turned around and forgotten who he is and broken his heart and frozen on the spot. Poor sod. We're halfway into this, but I just, I've got a question. What are we doing here? Obviously, I love chatting to you, but what is the purpose of our of our meeting? It's a, that's a very good question, Dan. Um, you touched on loving speaking to me, which is actually a lie, number one, because outside of playing in the same team together, we barely say two words to each other. We We were known as Shadow 1 and Shadow 2 when we were in fucking camp because... We were inseparable because I just was so madly in love with your company. And yet you get out of camp and we don't say anything to each other apart from a text every three or four months, maybe. Um, So it was mainly trying to reconnect and have an excuse to speak to you for unlimited time because this is somewhat going on longer than I had anticipated for a very short podcast. But also another excuse to talk about the sport that we both love and sharing that with all the fans. And thirdly, I want the world to hear more of you. I think you have a a natural, not God-given, well, it could be, some people believe they're God-given, but I can't use that, that phrase, so 
you have a natural earth-given talent to report on rugby games, I believe. And this is why we're going to do the Joe and Dan show. Okay? Joe, I'm actually surprised that you need my help because I did hear you're doing a live show called The Greatest Night of Our Lives. I don't know who our is, but your life um, at the Clapham Grand in London on the 27th of September. Dan, it's almost like I've sent you the the script to say this um, and you did it so naturally that I'm sure the audience aren't going to believe you've just really read that off of a screen but it's funny you bring it up dan because tickets for the greatest night of our lives are on sale now it's on the 27th of september it's at the clapham grand in london and if you want to come along the link is in the episode description but the most important thing i want to ask is dan you're gonna come aren't you will you will we come no what do you mean no Nope. You don't do anything. You're fucking coming, surely. Uh, there's apparently roadworks on the M1 that day, so I struggle. If we sell the whole live show out, if we sell it out, we like pack it out, yeah? In fact, you have to come. If we sell it out, you have to come along. That is 700 seats. We sell it out. You're coming. Agreed or disagreed? If it's sold out and I get some food, yes, I'll come. Perfect. Because if you don't stick to your word um, and you don't come, then I'm going to put up a picture of you naked that I have on my iPad that the kids somehow discovered when they were having some screen time the other day. So that's semi-payback for you being rude to Jasper um, because he's actually seen your pasty white ass. Oh, fucking hell, here's, here's the ads. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Do you want more crowd podcasts? I want to tell you about the Crowd Stories channel. It's where you can find all of Crowd's history and documentary style podcasts in one place. And for just one pound a week, they're ad-free. Addictive documentaries like American Vigilante. I'm a monster hunter. It's what I do. The most original, fascinating history podcasts you will ever listen to. They shot him live in front of the whole village. Unbelievable investigations into government cover-ups. Your daily reality is the fact that at any moment when the guard comes along, he might just pull out his gun and shoot you in the back of the head. And the biggest tech stories of our lifetime. I feel like every time there's some big scandal going on, Reddit is 100% a contributor and an antagonist to it. Just search for Crowd Stories on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button. See you there. Those were the ads there. Um, Dan, this is your moment, being the rugby oracle that you are. 
um, you need to provide us and the listeners, if there are any, uh, of this weekend's fixtures, please. Unfortunately, I haven't got a huge amount of confidence in you to dramatise it, ham it up too much or add a bit of uh, jeopardy to any of it. So uh, we need to throw in some dramatic music. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll just read them out, shall I? Yes, I've just told you to read them out. Game one. Is is it game one? Is it the Friday night game? Are you playing Friday night, Joe? (laughs) Right. So there was me. There was me worrying that um, you wouldn't be able to add enough dramatic effect to just reading the fixtures out. When in fact, I should have been worrying about your ability to actually just read. So, Friday night's games we have Northampton Saints versus Harlequins, Sail Sharks versus Northampton. Northampton? Have you said that? Fuck that! I can't read it. Um, in my head, I was like, oh. Sale because it's sharks versus falcons, so it's battle of the animals. And then I was like, I've just read Northampton out. What am I doing? Um, yeah, so we have Friday night Northampton versus Quinns and Sale versus Newcastle. Saturday fixtures Gloucester Bath, Leicester Bristol, Worcester Saracens, and Sunday we have Irish versus Wasps. Wow, really, really bad from you that, Dan. Really, really bad. Joe, I've got a question about our our fixture at the weekend. Did you forget that you were playing in front of a sellout crowd at the stoop when you saw me on all fours at a ruck and you decided to mount me? Did you think we were back in the room in uh, Japan or were you that excited to see me? You thought, I know what I'll do. I'll jump on his back. it's it's weird mate i've always found it really difficult to play against you not just because you're one of the best i've ever come up against and it's very hard to play against you but on a personal level i've always struggled and i've never ever really got it right with my mindset of how to play against my old pal or friends in general because i don't have many most of them actually are at just one club which is yours so this week i decided to go with the the fuck you approach i text your head coach the night before the game um knowing full well that he he dislikes spaghetti and i purposely made myself a spaghetti meal um got daisy to take a picture of me holding this spaghetti meal and i text both as that and i said fuck you steve to which he replied saying, Hi Joe, I hope you and the family are well. All the best tomorrow. It's like brilliant. And then the fu- and then the the actual game day, I decided to not engage with any of you guys pre game whatsoever. In fact I didn't engage with any of my own teammates either. Didn't warm up with any of them. <laughs> Stayed in the changing room for as long as possible and then warmed up in the corner where the referees were. I managed to go a bit hardcore and nipple cripple Lenny in a ruck to which he jabbed me in the throat and he wasn't happy about that one and then when you came on the cavalry come chomping on I was like oh no please I was looking at my bench like any danger can I get off now but I saw this one opportunity before I was leaving the field in fear to straddle my old mate just for old time's sake and uh, I was really disappointed how quickly I was told off by Sir Wayne Barnes saying you can't climb over the ruck like that it's illegal and I'm like 
that's not the point I'm trying to make here. I just want to straddle my my mate. Let me have my moment with him. I did feel the emotion because what I also enjoyed at that point, it was like I felt at that moment I was being fought over because I think Genji at the bottom of the ruck as well. And um, I think, didn't he start messing with your shoelaces? So at that, I felt quite special at that point. I felt like I've got two loose heads, you know, fighting over me. I couldn't believe it. Like, sometimes you just get the odd person on the field, or I've done it a couple of times, where you just undo their shoelaces at the bottom of the ruck. He didn't do that. He did not undo my shoelaces. He managed to re-tie them for me and then triple knot them. That was how long I was straddling you for. And I was looking down, well, this is ridiculous. They're still knotted. They're still knotted. How do you find playing against... Well, you'll probably turn around and say, well, I have no issues with it because I actually dislike you intensely. Uh, no, it's, it's, it is like strange playing against your mates because it's always that balance of like... You don't want to like make it about you two and just like go around cheap shotting each other. But, you know, sometimes you're at the bottom of a breakdown, you'll do something, but not gouge them, but as you say, nipple cripple somebody or something like that. But it is weird playing against them because we've had it before where we've had sort of a... A laugh. Um, I mean, there was one time you tried lifting my top up at Twickenham in front of 50,000 people. Didn't appreciate that. But we, you, know, you play the game and afterwards we're all right. There was a, it was strange, I must admit. There was a big talking point in our game. Um, and that was the old Wayne Barnes switcheroo, which I don't think I've seen happen before. And I don't think anyone saw coming when Cal Green decided to use his shoulder to tackle my face. Your impressions of that incident? I thought, fair play, Cal. You've done us proud. Actually, what I thought was, that'll serve you right for touching the ball 12 times in the game, Joe. All you did was fucking carry the ball. Yes. I know you say I carried the ball 12 times, and you go, oh, well, you know, he's carrying the ball. But technically, when they're surrender carries, they don't really count, do they? You know, when when, when I'm like... I push in front of people in our 22 to be like, no, no, I'll take it because I'm really good at letting the defender come to me. I then basically, even though I'm holding the ball, I tackle them before they start tackling me. And I just hit the deck as quickly as possible. So we still stay in the 22 so that we get a a good position to put on a big kick, either to, to stands, which is what I'm always praying for. Please kick the ball out so that we can have a longer rest or a long kick and the main reason I do that, Dan, is not to get my stats up. It's not to impose myself physically. It's none of those actual things. It's because I don't want to fucking chase the ball in a kick chase line. You know, people think I'm stupid. I'm not. I'm not stupid. It's like me and dummy lines. You know, it's me and Genj coming around the corner, say. <laughs> I... <laughs> me and you know, dummy lines <laughs> yeah, i'm the best yeah. person to avoid the ball so that's what i do i you know that's what me and Genji come around the corner how is he going to create a hole uh he needs someone to run a good dummy line and that's me it just wouldn't he doesn't run the dummy line the same way i do the fact he then runs over somebody it's you know it's because of the dummy line and similar with your surrender carries the fact that you've you know, you're the best to do that and retain possession. You're doing best for the team, mate. Don't, don't do yourself down. You know, it's a vital role you play. Anyway, the dust settled and I texted him the next day. I said, look, Wayne, how are you? Sorry, it's a bit aggy with you. That was, I was aggy with him before the game, mainly because I, like I described earlier, playing with my friends. Um, I thought I'd do the same with Wayne. And here's his official response to me, which I think is important to give a balanced answer. Morning, Joe. Thought it was best to leave you be yesterday, but apart from riding one ruck, there's no issues from me. 
RE the Callum Green tackle. Uh, here's a bit of background. Leicester versus London Irish last year. I binned Matt Rogerson for a high tackle where the Leicester player was pushed into the tackle and I ended up binning him. It didn't feel right, so we discussed it as a world rugby group, including players and coaches. We thought all of the danger was caused by the push. It changes the dynamics of the tackle. The ball carrier suddenly accelerates, space reduces quickly and the tackler does not have a chance to adjust. Therefore, we said we'd penalise the first offence and that's what happened yesterday. If Alex doesn't push you, Callum would be in trouble. Hope that makes sense. Take care. I text back saying, fuck off. Did you get a reply? <laughs> I didn't. I think that gives... Because uh, there was a lot of people that were booing and uh, social media after that that didn't really understand it. But uh, that's the explanation of it. The, the other thing, Coley, was it kicked off a bit at the final whistle. What what was going on there? I thought it was just two teams coming together to celebrate a great game of rugger. <laughs> was it? Was it just that? I was sat on the bench, not really getting up because I didn't want to engage in anyone. And I saw you trying to hold Genji back. He was kicking off at Kerrod. What was going on? What happened? I just think Genji didn't like the fact that Kerrod might have double fist pumped the crowd. I think one's fine to... Yeah, that's that's not play on. So I think Genji was fired up at the time, and the both of them just they said a bit to and fro, nothing too bad, and then they just discussed it like gentlemen after the final whistle. And uh, I was there, basically hoping you'd join in so we could grapple, uh, but you weren't. So yeah, there no, was nothing. It's over. Is that what you're going to say uh, when I get you cited for strangling me after the final whistle as well? Well, that happened. After the final whistle, so therefore, that's is that fine? Because do you remember, like, do you remember we played England Scotland and they were, came after forty, and it was like a bit of a. And then Martin Johnson was like, "Turns out you can't get cited before a game." He's like, "If I'd known that, I'd have kicked off in the tunnel more." <laughs> so I'd like to know what point after is he still on the pitch? Does that count as a citable offence, or could as soon as the game is finished, that you know what I mean? I'd, I, we need to find out when the the break point is because yes, I did sneak up behind you and get you in a chokehold. But that was it was a friendly chokehold. That's fine. Between friends. Coley, that is a really, really important point that I need to find the answer out to because you can't get cited before the game or or for something after the final Oh my god. Surely you can. You can bring mate, I bring the game into disrepute with tweets. Surely you can get done for like starting something in a warm-up i don't know yeah and then maybe it happens on the field there's, there's a there's a loophole that we need to maybe not a loophole but there's a there's a law we need to investigate about this i do know that one of our guys once got penalized for basically there was a fight kicked off at east bed like oh, i'll see you in the car park after and wayne Barnes like you cannot say that on a rugby field and penalized him um but yeah it was literally just a throwaway comment uh, <laughs> but but then if it's in the car park, can you get cited for it? Maybe not, you know. Then the police just get involved. But it's fine. I'd like to know. We'll get the research team on it, shall we? You are the research team. Yeah, You're okay. in charge of finding that out for me, please. Okay? Right, Coley. The end is nigh. The final whistle has been blown. The fat lady or men. Fa- the two fat men. Person. Person. I.e. Okay. The two fat persons have sung... So we need to sing. The end is nigh. 
And now we face our final scrummage. It's oh god, you fucking gnaws. Oh god, that was sickening. If uh, you've managed to listen all the way through this and you liked it, then please help us start some sort of campaign to do more. And we'll do exactly that. We'll do more. If we don't get a single review, then we can assume that none of you liked it, none of you listened to it, and at least me and Coley had an excuse to FaceTime each other and talk a load of nonsense again. Well, well, Joe, I've enjoyed myself, and I'm sure my mum will listen to this as well, so, you know, that's one... I don't know if she's going to leave a review, but she'll listen. Perfect. That'll do. We'll just make this show for your mum and dad. Is your dad going to listen with her, or...? probably not right so we're essentially just making this show for your mum excellent wonderful thanks Dan Uh, right the next regular episode is out on Wednesday Tom will be back and we will be talking to a man who makes video games video games video video killed the radio games oh no goodbye I finished, darling, yes. <laughs> Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.